שלום לאימא שלי, דוקטור טובה ליכטנסטין. שלום, my daughter אסטי רוזנברג, the head of Beit Medrash Migdal Oz. Two and a half, 78 days. Every day the news counts the days. Not that I need them to count it, but you wake up, you wake up every morning, you open your cell phone before you do anything else, maybe finding my glasses, and there's a big... היום ה-78 למלחמה, the 78th day, and also this always הותר לפיסום. We are allowed to announce. To announce. הותר לפרסום became a very scary words in Israel. Allowed to announce, and this always, I'm afraid to say, but always at least two חיילים. Sometimes three, sometimes five. And it's hard, so I know that today is the 78th day of the war, because I saw this this morning. Together with three soldiers that were killed, one of them lives in Gush Etzion. We know you're worried. You know, we know you're identified. We know it's a joint war of all of us. So we wanted together to discuss, to discuss our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts. So maybe I'll start with asking my mother, Mashlomech, how are you? What can you share with us? I'm sad, I'm worried, and I'm impressed. I'm sad because of those young men who have fallen. I'm worried what the future will bring, and I'm impressed by the bravery and the devotion and the dedication of every soldier that has been called up And gone to the fronts to fight, I think those soldiers know better than we do how dangerous it is, and yet they go and they come home for 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 leave and then they go back again and they come and they go, and they tell their parents and their wives and their children what they've done, or they don't tell them, but I think that that is a something that everybody can be proud of and how are you Esty? I think we all know, I think two, two things are very clear to me. We just had a discussion in one of our classes in Migdalos, what's even a stronger feeling. One is the Pasuk and Tehilim Pegimel that is said in every uh, army funeral. Tehilim Pegimel, Amru, Lechu v'nakhideh migoi, v'lo yizakher shem Yisrael od, k'alecha brit yichrotu. In a very... open translation, I would say, they say this is, we're going to destroy Am Yisrael. Not only Am Yisrael, Alecha, Brit Yichotu, it's towards HaKadosh Baruch And I have a very clear understanding, which gives me, as my mother said, a lot of strength and power. I think it gives the Chayalim a lot of strength of power. That this is not a fight over, it's the Jewish world, nation's fight. It's a Kadosh Baruch Hu's fight. It's not only against Israelis in Israel. It's not because we did this, polit- this way of politician or that way of politician. I think it's something much broader that Am Yisrael, Netzach Yisrael, the right of us just being Hashem, Hashem Ba'olam, being a different nation, I think that's something that we are fighting over. And I think that gives the Chayalim a lot, a lot of You don't have to be religious for that. I think it's not, it's, not a, it's not over being religious. It's not a fight for the religion of Knesset Yisrael. It's the fight of the 
existence of Knesset Israel. I think that we, what, something that's very strong from my point of view, that I would say that in Kabbalat Shabbat, there's a phrase, Be'ana Be'koach, Shashem Yishmoret, Zochrei Kedushatecha. People that remember your holiness. I think that what is very clear for me during the war, the war, it's not about being religious and not religious. Every soldier there who zochrei kedushatecha, he remembers the kedusha of Kadosh Baruch Hu. Not even, even if he's not shomer Shabbat and he doesn't shomer Torah or mitzvot, and a lot, a lot of team tzionim the team are killed. A lot, so many religious soldiers are killed, but also the soldiers that are not religious. that are killed, I feel a big, bigger defecation because I think everybody knows that we're fighting for the name of Am Yisrael, Netzach Yisrael, Ve'elokim. You don't have to be religious for that. Everybody knows that this is a fight of God in the world, of the good of Am Yisrael. I, I would like to refine that a little bit. <clears throat> I see this war as a war That's going to define whether or not Am Yisrael can live in the Middle East, whether Eretz Yisrael, which is surrounded by enemies, which has been surrounded by enemies, I think since Choban Bayad Sheini, since the second base Hamikdash was destroyed, has always been surrounded by enemies. But at this, at, it's, and has always been surrounded by enemies. But at this point, unless Am Yisrael shows that it is strong and that it is willing and can defend itself, there will be no place for a Yeshua, for a Jewish community in Eretz Israel. I think that this fight is for the things Esti says on a higher theological level, but on a lower theological level, if there is such a thing, this is a fight for our future in the Middle East. Because we can't stay here unless we are strong and we can support and we can fight our battles on the one hand. On the other hand thing, I see this as a fight against anti-Semitism throughout the world. And that's why I think this is a what they call in Israel a milhamal belet It's not a milhamit reshut. It is a, a war that we have no choice. It's not a choice. It's a Mohammed mitzvah. It is a war that is a mitzvah. It is exceedingly hard to think of the word milchama and mitzvah, these two words, as go, living together in peace. These two words come together only at seldom times where we are standing to face our, our fate. And that's how I see this war. I think that... That's what gives me the comfort, and I think that's what gives Am Yisrael and the soldiers and the family, as you mentioned before, the option to be so brave, because it's so clear what we're fighting about. And it's so clear that we are the right and we are the good people in this story. And having no doubts about it doesn't make it easier for the pain. And I maybe want to share that. I think my one of my big challenges in this war is the balance between it's very painful. So many people that we know, that we love, that are close. I think there's maybe three things that, are, that I feel in the same times all the time. One is the big pain of losing so many young soldiers and so many yetomim 
so many orphans and so many almanot. Widows, it's like unbelievable. And each one of them is nicer, loved. There's 21 widows that were left pregnant. A hundred, close to 100, 167 widows, young widows, all of them. Some, are, some of them, three of them are alumni of Migdalos. And in one way, you just want to burst down crying and there's no way to function. And as my mother mentioned before, together with that, there's so many brave people. And you read letters that the soldiers that were killed, some of them wrote before they went to fight. And parents write and parents speak in funerals and they're hospedim. And they say, we want to tell the entire nation we're going to continue on fighting and fighting until we win. And people that talk about we're so proud of our son and what he have done, what he has done. When I think of Akedat Yitzchak, I think each soldier in Aza and each parent, not only in Aza, soldiers are killed not only in Aza, but mostly in Aza. And each parent that sends his child to the war and gives him, as my mother said, a hug and a kiss goodbye, knows that he might be on the way to Akedat Yitzchak. And People are waiting in line to go fight. Literally, literally, they want to be there. They're disappointed when they're not there. And I think that's because it was so clear to us that this is a, a war of the bad, the good people against the evil in the world. But in my own person, personal um, balance, I wake up in the morning in one hand, I want to look at everything that everybody, everybody is volunteering and there's such a good spirit in the nation and everybody is so strong and things are, there's so many good things. People are just waiting in line to do good things to each other, volunteering and, and donating and just, just you say something you need and there's lines and lines of people just want to be there in chaklaut and Every place you go, the nation is in the best of the best behavior ever. On the other hand, and I want to look at that and say, wow, this is amazing. On the other hand, you just want to stay in bed crying. And I think the third emotion, which is very strong, is the fear of your son being in Aza and thinking to yourself, you said on the funeral, in one hand, you're very, very impressed and moved and you just say, wow, what people, what parents. The other hand, you can't, the amount of pain of the soldier that was killed. And the third hand, the amount of fear on yourself and your kids. And when you cry, there's the combination of those three. And I think we wake up in that in the morning. Sometimes we just function because you go to work and you teach Torah. And that's another thing that they say to you. Oh, this is wonderful having a routine of life. That's what the soldiers want and that's what we have to do. We have to celebrate Hanukkah because this is our mission to be strong. But balancing being strong and being brave and being so moved by the braveness and the strength of the people and being so upset and being so afraid... I think that's the, after talking about that's the basic answer to how, 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 I, how am I? How, what can you say about the personal perspective? I think everything you said, Esti, 
is right. There's a one hand. There's usually they say on one hand, on the other hand. There's only two hands. But when you're in a war like this, there's on one hand, like you said, on the other hand, like you said, but on the third hand. And I think that we really are like with three different ways of living. There's the living every day. And if you are and if you have to live every day, you just can't give up. On the other hand, there is this mourning for what has happened. And on the third hand, like you say, there was fear of the future. And I think that's how people live. And, I, you know, I, 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 I want the conversation to go forward, but allow me to go back for a minute. My son, Harav Mayer, He's Esty's older brother by a year. Uh, He said to me in the beginning of the war, I'm like Avraham Avinu, that when God said to him to go to the Akedah, he said, Hineni. But there was a wonderful medrash that said when Sarah heard that Avraham was taking uh, Yitzchak to the Akedah, she parchanafsha, she died. And he said, on the one hand, I'm like Abraham Avinu saying Hineni. On the other side, I'm scared out of my wits. And I think that sums up really what's going on. But now let's go on to talk about everyday life and, and, the hit, and, the, and the way people volunteer and the way they help each other and how you, we've learned. We've learned to live in a war. You know, wars years ago, I'm old enough to remember the Second World War. Second World War took years and years and years. We in Israel have become accustomed to short wars. Six the, days. Six days. Of, um, Yom HaKippurim was... Four weeks, five weeks, five not weeks. more. The longest war was Milchemet HaShichru, the Independence War. Half a year. That's right, and I think more. I think much more. And then there was a interval, and it started again. And I think we just have to learn how to live with this. And having to learn to live with this, you learn. You learn. People are very strong, and people are motivated. And each one in his own way is a little hero, a little one. Not like the big heroes are our children, but we're heroes in some way or other. And I wanted also to talk about the children, the little children whose husbands are in, whose husbands, little children, excuse me, whose whose fathers are in the army and they don't see them. Years and years ago, in the olden day wars, mothers were mothers and fathers were warriors. As time has gone on, mothers have become gone out into work and fathers have become more than mothers and mothers and fathers share child care. And all of a sudden, the woman whose husband's in Miluim, she is doing all kinds of things that she never did before in her life. Someone told me it was the first time she cooked for Shabbos. Another one told me it's the first time she went shopping. And children are used to their fathers putting them to bed. And I think those are the little things of life that have changed very much. And I think, you know, you don't write books about them. You don't make up songs about those things. But those are the things that people learn how to, how to care. And then you have something like in, in, in a, a, um, a WhatsApp site that says, if your husband 
is in Miloim. How can we help you? So someone write, I'm stuck in a traffic jam. Could some, and I'm not going to get my child from her nursery school in time. Can someone pick them up? And I think those are the kinds of things that are the everyday fab- fabric of our life. And so our life runs from great tragedies to little, to little difficulties to like that's what life that that's what everyday life is like here. Esty, I I can share that. First of all, I, I completely agree with the perspective of the little um, children. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a young couple that the father is in the, in the army for two and a half months already. The mother is home with two kids. And the question was, the discussion was about, will life change after they come back home? My son, that's an, he, he was in Aza, now he's on the board. He said to me, they spend hours, the soldiers, talking about, will life change after we come back home? And I said, I think the balance between being at home and being at work might change, that you missed your kids a lot and really wanted to take care of them and afraid of losing them. And maybe the balance between parents, fathers being home and not home. So he said, I'm sure, I'm sure the balance between how much time I'm going to spend in work and how much time I'm going to spend at home would change. And then his wife said, for two weeks. After two weeks, you're going to calm down. And then in a smile, he said, well, I saw now that you can really, you can take care of the kids without me so beautifully. So really, why should I come home? I can stay and work all day. If I come home at night, that would be something happy. So you'll be happy. But I think the question is, it really, this conversation resembles that it's a big issue in the life of young couples. And not only young couples, my sister is home with six kids, her son is a soldier, but her husband is a soldier, and she's 46, and he's not home for the past two and a half months, and she has to balance six kids on her own. So I think things are not easy. I maybe want to say a few words about the Bet Midrash and also about we have students that are they're not mothers, but their dates are soldiers, and the, the option of being, have, dating and getting married but I think that life is, is calming down now a bit. It, in the beginning, for the first two months, like in the COVID, in the first two months, it was like no one could breathe. Everything changed. And I think now, as my mother said, we're living to learn. In, uh, in Hebrew, they say, shigrat milchama, a routine of war, which is not easy. In the Bet Midrash, it took us a month until we came back to balance between volunteering um, helping mothers that the the fathers are challenged, sitting and learning. Um, how much do we want to dive in? How much do we want to learn? Do we want to learn the regular things that we learn? Is learning Masachet Babakama relevant today to my life? And there's always those two voices: the voice that says, "For sure, that exactly the soldiers are fighting because they want us to be here and and live in strength and." As my mother said, I think there's something in being a hero. Just coming back to the Beit Midrash and every day sitting and learning. And everything that we plan for this year. But there's also something, an understanding that nothing is usual. Nothing is regular. And I can say on myself, I don't go to sleep 
before I read or listen about every soldier that fell that day, that was killed, even if I don't know him. And I feel that's my moral obligation to be aware of the pain around me, even if it's not directly connected to me. And I think that's a challenge in your lives too, in America. How much are you involved? How much are you identified? Do you read? Do you hear the news from Israel? And I think that in one hand, we want to live our regular life. On the other hand, I think we can't continue on our regular life, even if people will come back. I think we have to be very deeply connected to day to day, even when it's very, very, very painful. And I know that for some of us, some of us it's too painful to read every day everything and to be connected to the, to the news all the time, but I think that's our moral obligation. I would like to add to that. I, I don't think it's... I, I have a different feeling about a moral obligation to read about them, to know all the details. I feel it's part of our moral obligation to remember them and they become part of us. And when you read about these people, you integrate them into your personality and you remember them. And by remembering them, they stay alive. And, you know, we say Yiskor, Yiskor, Elohim. Every Chag we say. But I think there's also an a, a important element that Am Yisrael should remember all of these people. And if you look at and on Tisha B'Av and in Yom Kippur, we say Ela Eskara, we, we, we talk about the Asara Harugei Malchut. And these, all the young men that were killed, the young men and the older men that were killed in, in the war, they died on Kiddush Hashem. And I think it's our obligation to integrate them to be part of who we are and what we remember and what we give to our children afterwards. And um, unfortunately, the list is getting longer. The list is longer and the war is going on. But I would like to change the subject now to go back to to the um, the volunteer work. The, the, one of the interesting volunteer things, two interesting projects I thought would interest people. One is GET, which I don't know if you have it in the United States, but GET is an organization where taxis get together and you have an application, an app, and you can call a taxi wherever you are. Well, GET had said any soldier that has to get home and he only has a short leave, can call a cab, get, and they'll take him for without any remuneration. He can f- go for free. They'll only take him home. They won't bring him back. But I think that is a wonderful thing. In Beit Shemesh, for instance, they have organized um, people to drive them back. Beit Shemesh has a, an, an, an aroma cafe, which was closed down. They turned it into a place where they make meals, hot meals. The army is not organized in, in a way that it can feed 300,000 soldiers at one time. And so people have organized this. I know a, a couple in the, in, the, in the north that have organized a whole kitchen to send meals to the soldiers up north. We have soldiers up north, too, not only down south. And I think those things we should remember because 
I think it is a, a, a wonderful thing. And the other thing, which is truly not very complimentary to us, when people went out to work, when people go out to work in agriculture because there are no longer workers from Thailand in agriculture. So people volunteer, schools and individuals. There's even an app throughout the whole country telling you where there's a bus leaving, where there's a farm, which farmer needs what, and you can go. But the word is that one worker from Thailand is worth 10 Israeli workers. And I think that is something that Am Yisrael has to think about, why we're not good workers. Uh, I want to continue and say that I think the biggest challenge is not about the volunteering now. I think the biggest challenge of Am Yisrael and Medinat Yisrael, which I am very uh, concerned about or active about, or f- I think helps me to, to, gives me strength. And I think that's our biggest moral obligation is what's going to happen after the war here. And I think that everything that, every parent that lost a child, and the more soldiers that, get killed, I think the more deep devotion to, of, of, of the nation is to what's going to happen in the end. People always use the phrase in Israel, we have to be ruim lahim. The price is so big, we have to be worthy of it. Worthy of it. We have to really, it has to be that the country that we're going to build after the war will be better, will be, will be better. Much more unified, much more Be'avat Israel, and I think that's our biggest challenge. The price of living Be'mdinat Israel, Be'eret Israel, is so high, is so high. The pain is so big. It has to be a, a beginning of something that we're going to do differently, the way we're going to talk to each other. The way our politics is run, so many good things. Were, the country was full with, with volunteering, that we're going to continue on volunteering. The country was full behind Tova, that we continue on behind Tova. The way our politics is run, the environment of discussion. Just, I just want to feel that all these wonderful soldiers and families that sacrificed so much, they should know that they brought a big change in the environment of Am Yisrael and Medinat Yisrael. Esti, I think what you're talking about is many years ago, someone said to me his child lived in Israel and moved from Israel because he found it wasn't a civil country. And so I said to him, you want civility? Let him live in England. Israel, I always thought to myself, and I liked it, it's not, it's not civil, but when you're in trouble... Boy, will they help you. We're not polite to one another, and we are pushing the the lines. But if we're in trouble, we're all together. And I think the kind of change you want, Esty, is not a surface kind of a change. It's not we should be talk better. There has to be a deep change in the way we feel about each other, the way we are empathetic to the other. And I think something has happened over the years in Israel. They have developed a more of an understanding of the other, more of empathy, that Sabar, who was a tough fellow, and he had prickles on the outside, and he had a he was a cactus with prickles on the outside and very tasty food inside has mellowed 
with age. The country's 75 years old, and I truly hope and pray that the change you want, Esty, will come. It will come. I, I, I am optimistic enough to think that it will come. Amen. I'm willing to work very hard for that, and I'm willing to be optimistic together with you. Be'ezrat Hashem. Yosef Shalom Bimromav, Yosef Shalom Aleinu, Ve'al Kol Amo Yisrael, Ve'imro Amen. Thank you.